love how you're always waiting at the exact same spot. <laughs> I only would know that because I've flown to your island three times in <laughs> the same hour. Dude, the bridge. It's my spot. <laughs> the welcome spot. Mm -hmm. and you spent big money on that bridge, so. I did. I did. I gotta make sure I get my use out of it. Episode five of Heavily Invested. Here we are. Our guest today is Logan. Welcome, Logan. What's up? Now we met our first year in college, and I was super blessed to have you and your friends on my hall. But I know that wasn't originally supposed to happen, right? Yeah. Um, we were supposed to have it where like you guys were kind of the hall next to us, but. For whatever reason, it ended up that you guys joined our hall, which was super cool. Because as coming in as a transfer student, and so, like, everyone was constantly like, oh, like, how's it feel to be a freshman? And I'm like, well, I'm 20, and I, like, am not 18 out of high school. Yep. Um, so it felt really cool to have older guys in my hall who had more life experience. It really, I think, helped my first year of uh, time at school, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I because I came in as a transfer student as well. I had done two okay. years of community college first, so I was actually put on a hall with a bunch of freshmen mm. my first first year there, and which was fine. They were all like willing to do pranks and stuff, and I was able to really, yeah, like get that college experience. But <laughs> I can like totally understand the feeling of like being misunderstood as mm. a transfer student in yeah. college yeah yeah even so, orientation i just remember being in orientation and like man i don't need to know any of this <laughs> yeah exactly it's like yeah i know how to log on to an online right like system and yeah i know how to not be with my parents for <laughs> yeah. more than two months yeah i think i said to brandon who is our ra i told him like the first week i was like brandon i'm super frustrated and he's like why i was like the orientation that i sat through this whole week the only thing I wanted was a tour of the campus, and they never gave us a tour of the campus. <laughs> yep. Uh, and so I was like, this is so ridiculous. And he ended up, I think, walking me around campus, which was cool. But Which is so, so crazy, because until this moment right now, I didn't know that you were a transfer. Really? Or I, or I completely forgot. I mean, that's probably more more likely, but <laughs> I, had no, I had no clue that you were a transfer. Yeah, I had done a year of community college, and then I wasn't sure if the college life was for me. Yeah. So I ended up working full time at a camp, um, doing like kind of a gap year type thing. Yeah. Let's let's jump into it. I want to know right. um, what was the first video game you really invested time into. This is kind of like the start question. That's where I always start. But the not necessarily the first game you played, but the first mm -hmm. one you remember like really you know putting time in. Well, it's kind of like a, a mix. So growing up with video games, I was only like limited to playing them on weekends. Yeah, okay. Um, which was like, of course, like annoying to me as a kid, but 
looking back, I understand it. I think yeah. like the the first games that I really like poured into were like like the Need for Speed Underground Two, mm. uh, kind of those arcade racers. Okay. Um, which was like on the GameCube. I, you know, I started playing like the Tony Hawk Pro Skaters and Mario Kart in the beginning, but you know, you don't really like when you're a kid playing video games. It's just like you play for sensation, not for experience. I guess is the way I say mm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like those were games I poured into, and then those led into like you know Halo Three. Yeah. And eventually finding my my sweetest love of Oblivion. <laughs> And that, like, that's the one that I, like, really yeah, poured into. Yeah. Um, so. No, right, rightly so. I mean, that game deserves our time and investment. That is yeah. a, a f- fantastic game. I, like, it, it's funny. We were just kind of saying this about replayability. But even I've beaten most of, like, the main quests of that game. You know, like, I've done the Thieves Guild. I've done the Dark Brotherhood. But the stories are so good. Like, I don't have a problem going back and doing them again. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I can totally understand that for sure. But I, yeah. I, I like what you said as well with when you're a kid, it's not so much about the game itself. It's just about the experience, um, yeah. which is so true. Um, what would you say your favorite video game is? Would you say it's Oblivion? Yeah, I I think I could. I mean, it's it's that's like such a hard decision because mm-hmm. it's, I don't know. It's like picking out your favorite food. You could say it's your favorite food, but it changes. Yeah. You know, your tastes change, but yeah, it's the one game that I know I can always go back to mm. and just relax, enjoy it. Yeah. Get this experience, and even though I might know exactly what's around the corner, and it, it's just such a. I don't know. I, th- I I firmly believe Oblivion is the perfect game because it's a game that has like the. Uh, it's easy enough for someone to walk into that's never played anything like it. Mm-hmm. But it's also, if you really want to dive in, build like this crazy character or yeah, like do like hardcore investment into a game. Yeah, it has that too, and so that's what's so like special about that game. That, I mean, just in the Elder Scrolls gaming you know morrowind before it was like way too technical for yeah like a guy to just stumble into it and then skyrim was like way too um like surface level for someone to Mm. like like still go back and play it and yeah i'll play skyrim every once in a while but the only reason why i would want to go do that is because it's pretty yeah i guess is the the idea behind that one yeah yeah i totally understand that i I usually told people almost the same exact thing when I would tell them about the three games. I would use the example of armor in the games. So in Mm -hmm. Morrowind, you could have different shoulder armor from different sets. Yeah. Like it was so customizable, the game collectively that way. Then Oblivion, you know, you had boots, legs, chest, head. And then Skyrim, it was just really like boots, like torso legs was kind of one thing like they yeah. really condensed it um and i agree i i found if you've only played oblivion on xbox you may think to yourself like oh it's a little limited once you've played through it like i've, I've mm-hmm. had people tell me that um 
but when I started playing on the computer, I saw all these mods and it was like these house mods with like crazy homes that people made. Mm -hmm. And then there's like full quest lines. And, and I even think there's like, there's new like areas you can go to too. People made like whole kingdoms, um, which is just crazy. It so, uh, yeah, it's, it's just so cool to see the, the creativity that people have put into a game that is, I mean, Skyrim is nine years old at this point, which is yeah. nuts. Um, it's ridiculous. That's crazy to think about. Mm -hmm. And it's cool how much modding has gone into that and how you can actually go. They've like tried to mod certain cities from Oblivion into Skyrim and like, yeah, I've always wanted to play like do that. I just haven't done that yet. In, in that same vein, um, what would you say your favorite genre is? So since like, you know, picking a favorite game is so hard. If we're using the food analogy, people almost always you say what's your favorite food and they're like chinese and like you know that's yeah, not a food yeah. it's a genre of food um, <laughs> so let's favorite palette yeah yeah there you go let's pick a, a genre of games what do you think appeals to you the most like that is such a like to me that's even more difficult ah, i guess okay. like um i mean like just in me explaining like the first game that i ever really poured into to get there i had to describe you know arcade racing right skateboarding sure. um like you know like i'm a firm believer that like if you're gonna be someone that plays games mm. and really wants to get a full wide taste of that spectrum of like all these different flavors mm. you know you can't just just eat chinese food all your life yeah um it's it's difficult for me to narrow it down because like you know last week i was playing the new Need for speed game yeah uh right now i'm playing red dead redemption 2 <laughs> like what do those have in common absolutely nothing right right um you know like i don't know i think i mean arcade racing will always be like one of my great loves okay you know, like, I love the Forza Horizon series. Oh, I love, okay. I mean, obviously Need for Speed has really just screwed themselves up over the past several years, but those have always spoken to me. Yeah. And I like, I mean, I like first-person shooters. I love, I've always loved the Halo series. Um, Call of Duty, not really. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I think what really is important to me, especially now as I'm getting older, kind of moving away from like the competitive scene and like i don't know like being such a try hard in video games yeah it's the story okay okay and so like if there's a game with a good story mm. i'm gonna love it you know yeah, yeah. And that's like that's what got me into like you know assassin's creed in the beginning it was like that was probably the best story i've ever experienced in a video game before mm. just playing the first assassin's creed yeah or like or like with Oblivion, the first time I played it, you know, it was just all about like helping my brother Martin out, you know, yeah. or like there's something to that that just really takes a game that's good and makes it amazing. And yeah. if, it, if there's a game that can immerse me in a story, then like that's where the money's at, man. That's like that's what yeah. it's about because you get connected emotionally. Right. And I love like I love all games and I'm not trying to put down games that don't have a story like. You know, I love Rocket League. 
Yeah. And that has nothing in it that even points to some sort of narrative. Because <laughs> it's like you're playing soccer with cars and the crowds are just these like colored eggs, basically. <laughs> so, like, but there's just something to getting lost in a, in a story. Mm. You know? Yeah, yeah. I said this, I think, in maybe the first episode, but I, being dyslexic, reading mm -hmm. books was always a challenge. And so as a kid, I could never really get immersed into a book because, yeah. you know, it took me so long to read. You know, now, now I'm at a place where I'm pretty average when it comes to reading, but games drew me in so quickly because it was less reading and more involvement. Yeah, And so I was able to, you know, there's still reading that's a part of a, a good story for sure. But, you know, you play a game like Oblivion, almost, an, I think that entire game is is audioed. So you can, yeah. I mean, you don't have to read a single thing when you play that game story. True, yeah. And so um, I, growing up, just like got so immersed in games. And, and that's where, I, where I've been and where I'm at now is most of the games that I have on my shelf are story-based and yeah. those worlds i think will always have a you know a grab or a pull on me um and i think that's why you know i look for the new elder scrolls game i'll just say that like yeah. i'm excited for that potential because i can't wait to see what story they're gonna come up with yeah and how it connects to the story that you've been immersed in for the past you know like almost 20 years yeah yeah right you know yeah, for but you sure. can also like just look at like when games became something bigger. Yeah, is when they started introducing that narrative. And yeah, like Tetris was big and Frogger was big. Yeah, you know, like what made Mario so special? He had this mission to go save the princess. Yeah, and yeah. even like that's such like a small frame of a narrative to it. Mm -hmm. But it's enough to like. I, I gotta do this you know i gotta yeah. go do this thing there's something greater happening here than just like lining up these bricks and feeling good about myself kind of thing. right 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 no i think about uh ocarina of time and when i was a kid we had gotten our n64 game from somebody else and so it already had a save file on there so when i mm -hmm. first played it and, like, they had all of the medallions from the temples, and they had, like, you know, the, the Master Sword, and everything was already done. So I'd play the game, and I'd be like, oh, this game is so fun. And it wasn't until, I think, like, my older brother had either told me or I had just, you know, kind of stumbled upon it, I realized that that game was already beaten. Yeah. And so I went back in the game and made a new save file, and I was like, what? There's so much to this game. Yeah. Um, and it's all because like I missed the whole story. I was just running around smacking enemies, not knowing that I wasn't actually playing the game. Yeah, and I think that's the thing with too with like Animal Crossing. It's like, cool, I've gotten KK to come out and play his mm. concert. You know, mm -hmm. like now I'm just stuck in this endless cycle of capitalism. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and there's not much. There's not like an emotional right pull forward. Right. Yeah. I I, I'm in the same boat as you are right now. One of the things I'm hopeful for, though, is we're in the world now where, and we've already seen it in Animal Crossing, they can upload updates progressively. Yep. And yep. as much as I hate like DLC-based games, 
I don't want you to release a unfinished game and then be like, oh, here's DLC that finishes the game. Yep. Like, you know, I don't want that lifestyle because that's garbage. But if <laughs> Animal Crossing keeps doing it the way they've done it so far, I'll be happy where they're like, oh, here is, you know, Brewster or here is like I asked when I first got the game. I was like, where the heck is Red? You know, and now he's yep. in the game. So I have I have hope that they'll continue to produce more content. Um but I agree that, like, right now, where I'm at, I mean, I haven't, like I said to you earlier, I haven't really played in a while because I feel mm -hmm. like I've kind of accomplished my goals. Yeah. There's not such, like, an exciting thing about this new, like, just the Switch mm. in general, this new generation for mm -hmm. Nintendo is that they're finally at the point where they're doing DLCs. Like, I think in a couple months or even just a month, we're going to have the first Pokemon DLC. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, like, you know, like, I'm pumped for that. Yeah, because you get to the end of a Pokemon game, and there's so much emphasis when you get a Pokemon game. It's like, well, what's the like end game like? Right. Because if yep. there's no like cool end game, then it just becomes mundane, boring. Like, yeah. gotta fill up my Pokedex, and it's like that gets kind of boring after a while. I think the first Pokemon game that I really was committed to the end game in was Diamond and Pearl. Mm. Uh, that one you could there's like a handful of legendary pokemon that you couldn't catch until you had like filled the current pokedex okay and i think i had bought like a guide or something for it and that's how i knew but mm -hmm. i was so excited i was like this is so cool because there's like, there's an actual goal and there's yep. a reason to like fill my pokedex as opposed to just like you know pride <laughs> yeah um totally and so yeah i I'm excited as well for that Pokemon DLC. Mm -hmm. And you're right. I think I think we are finally in, in this kind of new age. I was talking earlier with someone about the Switch having indie games on it and yeah. how cool I think that is too, um, that they're kind of getting into that world for sure. And it's almost like with the Switch, it's like so much indie games Yeah, almost. You yeah. Know, like you go into the store and you don't recognize... 75 percent mm -hmm. of the titles because it's just all like independent developers doing right. whatever they want to do and it's such a cool thing for nintendo to finally be yeah i don't want to like say stepping out of japan but you know like <laughs> yeah stepping out of japan right right um yeah i i know i know exactly what you mean and i was saying this i was talking to one of my other guests about this so i only mention it briefly but i loved the so many of the indie games that we see on the Switch are games that I have on my computer, but they're very simple games. And I don't want to mm -hmm. sit at my computer to play them. Like, I want, I love that they're on the Switch because it's, you know, it's like a 16-bit, like, RPG game. Like, I don't want to sit yep. on my computer and use my keyboard to play this game. I'd rather just, like, have my Switch and be, I don't know, like, on the back porch or something. Yeah. Um, and so, I there's such a market for that and i really appreciate nintendo for being open to the the indie market for the first time oh for sure um so you know it's hard it's hard to get a switch nowadays have you been yeah, reading about that yeah i was just talking to a friend of mine he was gonna buy one before like the whole quarantine thing happened mm -hmm. and we talked about it for like you know a couple of weeks and he's like yeah i'm going to target like this was almost like two or three days before the whole world shut down he's like i'm going to yeah. target i'm going to buy one and he said he went to like two targets and couldn't find any before the quarantine um then we all got quarantined and i was like eric 
you missed your chance. Yeah. There's, there's no way you're getting one now. Yeah. Yeah, I was reading an article and they were saying you're most likely not going to be able to get a Switch at like normal price until mm. after the holidays. That's crazy. Yeah. And like I, I see, you know, I mean, the listeners can go on Amazon right now and type yeah. the Nintendo Switch and see one for, you know, like lowballing at five hundred dollars right. right. for something that, you know, even like the original Switch before they had like the battery upgrade and stuff. Yeah, that's like, like maybe two fifty. Right, which it's is like nuts. that's what I bought my Switch for. I got right. it used for two hundred fifty bucks. Right, and like to think that someone is online selling one right now for six hundred dollars <laughs> is just ridiculous to me yeah it's crazy it's, it just really shows like the times right now and supply and demand and yeah yeah my but... older brother he bought one of the animal crossing ones mm. and he didn't open it um <gasps> yeah i know and so he's really like we had a conversation yesterday where he's really juggling he's like dan i can get 850 for this on ebay right now and I'm like, yep. oh my gosh, like, it's so crazy. Yeah, um, I mean, I think, like, the important thing with that one, though, is, like, he, he might want to just hold on to yeah. it because there's such a low production that there might not yep. even end up, like, being that many of them right. down the road. And there will be a collector's edition. Right. Rare, almost. Yeah, I was so bummed um, because he had... He had set it up where he bought one in the store, but he had had one in his cart online. Mm -hmm. And so he told me, he's like, hey, I, I have two. Like, do you want to buy one? And I was like, you know, I don't need it, but I would like to get one for the same kind of reason that I thought it would be a collector's thing. Yeah. And um, he came to my room the next day and he's like, they took it out of my, like they canceled my order. I was like, what yeah. do you mean? And he's like, I went in and I had an email from them saying we, we canceled all online orders. And I was like, what? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I was bummed because I, I don't have one. Um, but you're right. I, I, we, we had this, the same conversation yesterday where I was like, yeah, Glenn, don't sell it because yeah. it, you're going to get to the point, you know, it might not be for a couple of years, but it's going to be a collector's item for sure. Yeah. Um, Just store it somewhere nice and yeah. dry. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> just wait. It's super cool to see those things that, like dive bombed in price you know like there was a time yeah. when you could go get a ps2 for 30 bucks right right and like i know like in five years they're gonna be worth more i i, I don't know about like a ps2 sure they're like there are so many of them but like you know like a 64 right right it's like something you want or like even like the original like a smash bros for right. the 64 or like or melee yeah you know it's cool to see those becoming so like collectible yeah it's hard too because i think about it often when i buy games now like mm -hmm. i thought should i buy a second hard copy of animal crossing because in 40 years is having a hard copy of this game going to be a like a strange occurrence yeah um so I, you know I, I do try to think that way forward thinking as well yeah. when i was uh in japan I was there for six months and a big thing I did there was I'd go to these uh, secondhand stores and I mean, because all the technology is produced there, there mm -hmm. are just bins of Super Nintendos, bins of N64s, of GameCubes, like all this stuff. 
and some of them are region locked so like you know super nintendo is region locked you can't play the cartridges are different but um like the i found out playstation 2s the japanese versions are also region locked but people want the japanese versions because there's japanese playstation 2 games that never came out in america yeah and so i ended up shipping home two 50 pound boxes of gaming (laughs) stuff yeah uh, just because, like, I knew both that I wanted to have some of it and that I could sell it and people would want it. Yeah. Um, but and like, especially with like, like the speedrunning community. Oh yeah. Like every like they most games are played in Japanese because it's faster. Yeah. Yeah. So that's if true. you want to play any of those games on those consoles, like you have to be able to source that for yourself and get. Yeah. No, that's so Japanese true. Console. So in in this in this vein of topic when you are buying a game do you wait for them to go on sale are you a guy who pre-orders like how, what's that process for you i mean it's it's changing like it's changed so much through my life because you know when i was a kid i wouldn't rarely ever get a game new sure um and then into adulthood like through college i mean i didn't even play games that much in college yeah uh, but now that I have like a career and a salary, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can buy games like as they're newer. Yeah. But the issue with that is like my timing with buying games newer is that I'm getting burned constantly. Oh, interesting. Like, I was like, I shouldn't even say this because it's going to go on the internet. <laughs> but I was a sucker who pre-ordered Anthem. Because mm. I was looking forward to Anthem for such a long time. And I should have just listen to the red flags because i was watching videos like as it was like right you know we're a month away and that like there's we should be concerned about this game <laughs> and it was like oh man i'm so excited for it <laughs> kind of thing. and like yeah it was super cool it was fun and then i played the, the campaign and i was like this is the worst thing i've ever like played <laughs> in my life you know like the the combat was fun right flying around in your own like unique custom iron man suit basically right of course that's awesome yeah but like it was bad right right it's like it burned by this thing and like it just sucked because i put all that money into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so it's one of those things now that whenever i buy a game it's usually a little bit after it comes out or mm. Like, I have assurance. So, like, I knew that I could pre-order Animal Crossing. Right, right. Because they had the balls to be able to come out in, you know, whatever, November or whatever it was last year and say, hey, guys, this game isn't ready. Sorry. It's coming out in March. Like I'm like, okay, like, I respect that so much. Yeah. And because of that, I'm going to pre-order it. Yeah. Because I know that when this game comes out, it's going to be complete. Right. It's going to be clean. Right. And I can trust them. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's one of those that, like, I still pre-order games if I can have some level of faith. Sure. Like, I, pre- I I pre-ordered Borderlands 3, but that's because Borderlands 2 is probably, like, yeah. my top five. Right. Almost like my Mount Rushmore games. Yeah. And so, and that one was, like, okay. It was, like, pretty good. I mean, it was, yeah. like, way better than Anthem. But it's one of those that, like, like Cyberpunk, I think it's 2077, right. I think. When that comes out, 
like I'm gonna wait a couple days at least. Yep. Yeah. You know, like I'm so excited for that game. Yes. But I'm not gonna pre-order that game. Yeah. Yeah. I I think I'm in the same exact boat as you, and that's a great example of, of a, a game that I'm gonna wait a couple days for because I the game that I didn't get burned on. Luckily, it was by sheer luck. I was waiting for No Man's Sky for years. Yeah. And I was, I think I was in Japan when the game came out. So, like, I couldn't have bought it. I didn't have my computer. Yeah. And um, so when I got home from Japan, because I, I just didn't, like, I didn't do a whole lot of PC gaming because I didn't have it and I worked a lot and, you know, for whatever reason. But I came home yep. and I talked to my best friend and I was like, dude, did you get it? Like, is it great? And he's like, he just sent me a link to a video. <laughs> yeah. And it was just like a video just trashing the game. And I was like a small part of me was just devastated because like this game was going to be so good. But then yeah. another part of me was like, oh, okay. Like I didn't waste 60 bucks. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. My What's family, cool about that yeah. is it's, it's like the redemption that's come from mm. No Man's Sky mm-hmm like it's a good game now yeah yeah and, like people swear by that game now and it's like it's like okay like that's that's good to hear that and like anthem is trying to do that they're right. trying to pull it out of their butts <laughs> this, and like try to take this turd and make it into gold right which like has the mechanics for that yeah but just like if you if you go online and read an article right now about like, I remember there was a guy who was on the production team for that game. Yeah. Basically put out, like, a statement on it. And it was, like, just, like, a scathing review of how Bioware handled this whole thing. Mm. But it's just cool that, like, No Man's Sky, after all that they put their fans through yeah. and the hole that they dug themselves into... But they've been able to take a game and make like a good game out of it now. And from that, they're going to be able to take that good game and, you know, go into the into space with it, I guess. You know, <laughs> intended, you know like reach for the sun. Yeah, right. And, right. and have like a, an amazing game with an amazing community. Yeah. Because they were able to take the idea of something and just kind of put their heads down and just get to work on it and... So there's hope in that, like that maybe one day Anthem can pull itself out of its hole. But like, if I was to tell anybody, don't pre-order games. Mm. In today's day and age, don't pre-order games. Yeah. Unless it's unless it is like Nintendo, because you know Nintendo isn't part of this Americanized machine, right? Where it's about you know we're gonna take a game, we're gonna pump it out quick. You know, like, yeah, we can't miss out on the steam of like people being interested in this game. Right. right. You know, like Anthem was like, everyone was like, oh, cool, 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 cool. And then they were like, we got to put it out. We got to put it yep. out. And so they put yep. it out and it's like, oh, damn, this sucks. <laughs> you know, <laughs> or like Nintendo, it's like, hey, we got another Mario Kart coming out in a few, like a year. Yeah. And it's like. Oh, cool yeah like i'm excited like i played mario kart when i was a kid so you know <laughs> it's gonna be like a good game right but if you're gonna buy like if you're gonna pre-order a call of duty 
Yeah. Watch out, man. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. No, My warning to the yeah to the, to the new generation of gamers. To the new generation. I love it. There's two <laughs> really interesting things that I, I want to pull out of that. So one, I I'm really interested in because I think you you put it very well. It's almost a cultural difference with Japan yeah. versus uh, American game companies. Um, and I mean, I saw this when I was there, but I think it's very common knowledge that. Japanese culture is very honor based. Yeah. And so when you produce something like your personal honor is on the line. Yeah. So it's more honorable to say, Hey, this isn't ready. It will be ready on in March than it would have been to release animal crossing as not a finished game. And, yeah. you know, to get crazy backlash on it. Um, yeah. And you, you can see that in a lot of different things. I'm, I'm not a drinker personally, but I have a lot of friends who love Japanese whiskey and they think that Japanese whiskey is so much better for the same reason yeah. um, that it's like they really commit to what they do. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I, I for sure see that. The, the other thing I, I wanted to pull out was it's, it's hard to trust a developer. Like, so did you ever play Brink? No, I did not play Brink. Okay, okay. So I saw Brink on the store shelf, and it was like $10. And that should be my first red flag, you know? Like, <laughs> what Bethesda game is $10? Yeah. Um, but I'm like, dude, Bethesda made a first-person shooter. Like, this has got to be great. I, I can trust this. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and I get home, and I play, like, one round of this game. And I just remember thinking, like, nothing about this experience is enjoyable. Like no part of it was an enjoyable experience. Um, and so that was a big turning point for me where I was like, okay, even if the developer produces great content, I can't just blindly trust that they're always going to put yes. something good. Yeah. Um, which was huge. That was crazy for me. Um, Cause I mean, every other Bethesda game I played was great. I mean, fallout was yeah. awesome. Oblivion. Yeah. But even they are starting to go down that track of, yeah. Like with 76, Fallout 76, you know, right. like that game was slammed to oblivion right. when it, like, no pun intended <laughs> again, like when it came out, like people like were so upset with them. Right. And even like, even now people are still upset about that kind of thing. Yeah. It, it, like there's such a, there's an important thing to the relationship between a developer and a, a player, a purchaser. Yeah there has to be a trust there and it's it's like i'm concerned for the next like mainline eso game mm. because bethesda has been you know not doing a really great job lately yeah so yeah. like it makes me nervous for elder scrolls 6 when that comes out like yeah what 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 are they is it going to be pushed out and obviously they're taking their time on it right and that's great, but like, there's gonna be a point where they're yeah. gonna have to put out a game, right? And it makes me nervous. Yeah, I don't want it to suck. Right, right. I'm I'm in the same boat. I wonder too, at what, at what level? Because okay, so now we're in this technological world where you can put out a patch to a game. Mm -hmm. And it can just be seamless. You know, you get a notification, you download it, game's updated. Yeah. 
at what level is a game like a bad game just stays a bad game so i didn't play anthem too much so i don't have first-hand experience with that game specifically congratulations yeah thank you thank you (laughs) um but i think about i'll use uh destiny as an example i played destiny when it came out Ah. so like a lot of people trashed the heck out of that game and then destiny they made all of these changes to this game Mm-hmm. And and now it's you know semi playable, yeah. Um, and I I get that from like a human standpoint, like this is broken, it should be fixed so that it's better. Yeah. But you know, N sixty four, you didn't have that option. No. Like you couldn't just say, okay, everyone hated our game. <laughs> let's yeah. recall them all. Let's fix every cartridge yeah. and send them back yeah. out. You know. Yeah, send in your Super Mario 64 cartridge. Yeah, so right, can, uh, right. Hot fix Yoshi. Right. <laughs> so I, I wonder, like, do you think that the world that we live in now, as much as, like, it's beneficial that we have this advancement, do you think it's hindering game production? Well, I definitely think it's, a, a like, it's almost like a crutch of sorts, is that, like, I could push this, this product out, mm. and, like, I might get some backlash, because every game gets backlash right but there's there's the knowledge of like but i could just put out a hot patch for it in a couple Mm. weeks covering up this right you know hole that was there before and i think i mean like imagine being in that business in this day and age with you know like technology is changing so fast right now so you Mm -hmm. produce a game for all these years and then by the time you put it out, I feel like there there's something to that in the fact yeah. that like, you know, you put out this game, but now the technology that it was on is right. not really the best anymore. And so your game's not even that cutting edge. Right. So do you just try to force something out to get it out there with speed so that it's like it's up to date? Yeah. And then you just try to cover up the holes interesting you know and like nintendo doesn't have to worry about that because yeah the switch is good but it's like you know when it comes down to it it's got the power of like you know almost like it's a little bit better than like a 360 xbox 360 you know right and so they have lower benchmarks that all these these indie games and these other games have to reach that's why you can play like you know diablo 3 on it right and so it's it's different than like having to put out something yeah. in today's day and age i feel like i do feel like it's it's like a major crutch but i feel like like it's important for a developer to be able to realize that yeah like at the core of their game if they've got something worth hanging on to right that they keep pushing forward with it and like that's like the idea with no man's sky it's like yeah at the core of their game what was the good thing you could fly to all these other planets and it was beautiful and you're right. going to be the only person to ever go to that planet. Yeah. And so that's like such an exciting thing or like with destiny, like I'll always say this destiny's gun gunplay, like the feeling of the guns. Yeah. It's like to me, the best I've ever felt in a yeah. game. Sure. And so you hang on to that mechanic mm-hmm. and you move with that mechanic and, and build around that. Like that's interesting. Yeah. You know, that that's what's, Huh. that's what's going to bring you to success 
but it's right. so difficult. Like I would hate to be like, of course I would love to be a game developer. Right. But I would hate to be a game developer just because. Yeah. yeah the pressure of it. Yeah. It's such a different world. Like I would love at some point to get to a place where I could have a conversation like this with a game developer. Yeah. Because I've never thought of it from that perspective in which you, you really could have a game that is finished, you know, in mm -hmm. air quotes. Yeah. But then when you put it out, the technology has reached a place where your finished game now looks like garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's so crazy, but it's so true. Um, mm -hmm. And maybe yeah. that's why people, like, why game developers are, like, so keen to just recreate an old game. Yeah. yeah. Because it's, like, there's almost so much money in nostalgia. Right. Right. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think people have been asking for, like, an open-world Legend of Zelda game since Ocarina of Time. Yeah. And so, like, when Breath of the Wild hit the market, people lost their crap because yeah. it's what we've been asking for. Yeah. Um, and I think... I think my opinion on why it's so good is because it's what people wanted. They have always had a like Legend of Zelda games. The art style has always changed. So it yeah. never really mattered what the art style was yeah. or the graphics because it was always different. Um, so from a technological standpoint, you know, it didn't have cutting edge graphics because that was never the point. Yeah. And the mechanics are what made that game great. So it really yeah. hit every single thing that we've been talking about where like they really stuck to the game mechanics, which you got in the first like five minutes of the game, yeah. um, you know, all of your tablet abilities. And so they stuck with that. They mm -hmm. didn't care about having cutting edge graphics and they gave the fans what they've been asking for. Yes. And that is like the most important thing that you can do is like, right. It's, it's like when, when you think of like, if, if someone, before breath of the wild was to ask a zelda a zelda fan yeah like what would you want to see and it's like you know it'd be so cool as if you could just like free roam and there's all these options for weaponry and there's right. like all this like there's different armors and like all these towns and yeah. it's just like it doesn't have to be like graphically amazing right but i want it to be beautiful and right breathtaking yeah and that's what they did they yeah. took what like the biggest dreams of a Zelda fan mm -hmm. are, are like the, like that's the same with, with Pokemon too. It's like, yeah. what, what, what do you want to do? I want to be able to fight with my friends against other Pokemon. I want right. to have places where I can just run around and have like an actual third person view. That's not like, you know, sky down. Right. You know? Yeah. And they're like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. Yeah. And that's why those games are like, above and beyond mario odyssey right what do you want to do i want to like interact with other humans yeah right, yeah cool we'll do that yeah like we'll make that happen <laughs> right right you know like that's why those games are like i don't know there's something special about it it's because they still have that like the thing that made me go wow as a child whenever yeah. Yeah. it wasn't about the story it was just about like the feeling of you know riding my skateboard really fast down a street was right. like like the most amazing feeling to me yeah and so it still has that but they've just built on it in such a smart intuitive 
like like you could say healthy way like i don't know i remember as a kid playing wind waker i said to my mm-hmm. older brother like i vividly remember this i said glenn i would love it if these weapons that we get from the enemies we kill if i could just like put them in a backpack yeah because you know you kill like the crazy armored enemy and he has that giant sword and i'm like man i wish i could freaking carry this on my boat and you know bring it to the next island or whatever and that's what they did breath of the wild and so yeah i for sure that that it hits all all the qualities yeah Um, even like like with like skyrim you know you're like in oblivion you know the before before you go and close the big gate of Mm. oblivion they have this part where you're just fighting like droves of enemies with good guys all around you and it yeah. like, feels like an actual like battlefield and you're like wow i'd really love to experience that like in an expanded format and then in skyrim they have the whole civil war line where you're yeah you're fighting like and even though that was like i would say i could say that they they could have done that better sure because it was a little choppy it, there was some like it wasn't the best yeah, but yeah they still got the essence of what that was like right and it, it felt really cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. There's a kind of blurry line as a game mm. producer, it seems. Like, you want to make what the audience wants, but at the same time, Zelda, Mario, Sonic, like the big names, somebody came up with those ideas, and there was no one saying, I want a blue hedgehog that runs really fast. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, there, was a, there was a vision. Right. Right. Yeah. And so they're like, there's definitely a hard line now where these producers have to make games that, or developers, I should say, that, you know, both fit what the audience wants, but also follows the vision. Um, And I think that's why we see less new games in the sense of like new ideas or like intuitive games Um, because it's less risky to produce a quality Zelda game than it is to produce a brand new IP, you know? Yeah, it's true. Or it's cheaper to, you know, like it's, you're, you're, you're going to get money out of making a, uh, um, what do they call the games with like PUBG and Fortnite? Oh yeah. Uh, battle Royale. Battle Royale. Yeah. You're gonna yeah. get money making a game like that. You know, right. you don't even have to like what you see, you see with apex. Right. It's like, you don't even have to have a press release for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Oh, here's this game we just we put out. It's free. You can play it, and it's like they make millions of dollars, billions of dollars right. from it. Right. You know, it's, it's, and that I think that goes back to the. And I am such a Call of Duty hater. I'm sorry if you're a fan of Call <laughs> no, of Duty no, or if anybody listening is a fan of Call of Duty, but it goes back to the fact that they had a successful thing in the beginning, and yeah, Call of Duty was like so cool. Modern Warfare was so cool. And like those first games were so cool. Yeah. And they took it and they recycled it and they recycled it and they recycled yep. it and they recycled it. By the end, people bought the games because they wanted to play the new Call of Duty game. Right. But they hated themselves for it almost, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, there is such like a fine line. And I, like, I totally get what you were saying earlier. It's just like, you want to be able to push the game in a new direction. Right while remembering the places that it's you know come from right yeah and that's so difficult like i can't like 
That's a, like I said it before already. It's like I'm just so happy I'm not a developer. Yeah, yeah. It's just such a gray line. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, so I've got two more questions for you. Okay. One, how how did gaming change for you when you got married? So I like the the biggest thing was like it's just the the balance. Like there was a dance in the beginning of like. Mm. Like when is my time and like when do I dedicate time yeah. for her kind of thing? And so it's one of those like if I ever need to go do something like this, like the, the thing that gets pushed away first is video games. Mm. But it's something that like she knows it's something that I invest my money into. It's something that right. like so I have like a little like almost like allowance where I can you know buy a game and buy a new controller or whatever i need to do and i think like for people out there that are about to get married and are like concerned about like gaming taking a hit yeah is i think it's it's important to be able to explain to your significant other like the importance of it Mm. and even if they don't understand what it is finding the thing that they love to do and the thing that they escape in and comparing it to that. So like, mm, okay. One of the big reasons why I play video games is cause I can talk to my friends that are, you know, in, in North Carolina or, or in Georgia or my brother who's in Vancouver or like, right. and so it's, it's this, it's a social thing for me. And yeah. so if, when I went to my wife, Erica, and I said to her, like in the same way that you uh, talk to your mom on the phone or like they use an app called Marco Polo where you send like little short videos to each other. Just just talking. It's just basically talking. And yeah, um, it's like different from Snapchat. And so that's how they communicate. And it's not something that I do, but I understand why she does that. It's a social thing and it's, it's a, a mental thing. And so when I was finally able to communicate that well clicked and she got Mm. like she's like okay this is just his way of unplugging it's not him putting it over top of me right right it's not and it's his way of like talking to his friends or like talking to his brother yeah and when that when that connected it made sense yeah and i also think it's there's gonna be time like in the beginning of my marriage i didn't play video games that much because i had to show yeah she was more important than this right right but once that was communicated well then she understood like that i needed to escape a little bit yeah you know it all you know it'll it'll work out yeah so yeah i think like you know if you use a different if you substitute that story with a different like item like golf Mm -hmm. (laughs) if you're like i just got married and all i did was play golf all day like you know of course it's going to be a terrible way to start your marriage yeah um and so yeah i think it's great to to solidify what's important and then um the the verbal understanding of like this is something that means so much to me because of these reasons and i i remember it's funny i expressed that same thing to um it's my mom this is you know years ago but i was mm-hmm. playing on xbox live and i think we, we were playing like zombies or something and it was me and my best friend and we were playing for like i don't know three hours or something and i, yeah. I think i was still in high school my mom was like 
man, like, don't you think you played too much? Like this, this, the other thing, you know, give me a hard time. And I said, mom, on Fridays, when I go to so-and-so's house and I sleep over, like, what do you think we're doing when, when I'm there? Yeah. Like, like we're shooting zombies online from, you know, 8 PM to 4 AM. Yeah. Um, and so like, it's no different. It just seems weird that I'm in my room by myself, but really I'm having a good time with my best friend who I haven't seen in a couple of weeks, you know? Yeah. You're um, surrounded by all your friends. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's huge for sure. That, that kind of verbal communication is important. No doubt. And that's, that's really what it comes down to. If, yeah. If there's like a suggestion for marriage, it's just, just talk about it. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, you can figure it out. So yeah, for sure. All right. And then last question I've got for you. Um, of all the games you played, what virtual world has affected your real world the most? So I think, I mean, I have like, okay, there's a couple answers for these. And I think this question, it's a very interesting question mm. because every favorite game may not apply to this, you know? Yeah. It's, you know, like Oblivion though it's my favorite game, it doesn't really apply to this because, you know, I'm not walking around seeing like alien ruins or, (laughs) (laughs) and I'm not living in Imperial times. Bummer. So like the first game that pops into my head, which is like kind like is I've, I've two that I sure have an answer for this one, but the first one is mirror's edge. Okay. And it's for like, when I'm playing a certain game, I guess that is what is like moving in my, through my mind. It mm. kind of affects the lens that I'm seeing the world through. And yeah. so like Mirror's Edge is one of those games that when you're playing it, you start to see the world as this, everything is accessible. You know, like yeah. you can climb there, you can go there. Huh. Um, I guess it like, it just changed my lens a little bit. Yeah. It's it's hard to explain with that one. And then, I guess I have three, but I'll just fly through these real quick. No, is totally the true. the other one is is like the Need for Speed games. Yeah, because you, you know we live in this. If you're if you're in a first world country or you see the world as like it's roads, everywhere's roads. Yeah. So you think in your mind like, oh man, this like road over here would be like great for a racetrack kind of thing like that. And I think that was <laughs> like it. major for me as a kid was like seeing the world through that lens and like, it's real. You yeah. see some of those cars like on the road and you think like, wow, that's real life. You know, like, yeah, something to that. And then the last one, and this one is to me, like the funniest of them <laughs> is red, the red dead redemption games. And it's not cause I'm playing this one right now, but like when I played the first one, and I didn't play Red Dead Revolver, but I played when I played Red Dead Redemption. Okay. I thought like a cowboy. Dude, I love it. And you just you feel like a badass, you know, and like <laughs> I love it. And it there's like a almost like a confidence that comes from that like Yeah. You say what you want to say in yep. a manly way with respect. <laughs> yeah. And like that almost comes from that, those games. And it's like, 
I don't know. It's it's like that's like a really cool thing about those Red Dead Redemption games is that they they almost like inspire you in a way. I don't know. Yeah. No, dude. I mean, like you got to think like. So I asked this question because as a person who's played games really since he, his brain started functioning, yeah. um, I, I know they affect me on some level. I'm, I'm not yeah. one of those moms who's like, if you play shooter games, you're going to shoot people. Like, you know, yeah. I, I'm, I don't take it to that degree, but no matter what you do, it has an impact on you as a person. Like yeah. if you sit in your house and read books all day, that, that has an impact on you. It's true. Um, and I, I use books as an example sometimes because I'll read like a medieval fantasy novel and then I'll start talking in that kind of like dialect. Yes. Like I'll use like fantasy words. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I totally get what you mean about Red Dead Redemption. Um, and yeah, that's why I asked the question. Cause I think like whether or not you consider yourself a hardcore, a casual or like, you know, part-time gamer or whatever, mm-hmm. like the games you play, they impact you in some way. Yeah. Um, and so I, I love to hear how, how people have been impacted by the games they play. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, Logan, thank you so much. This was a blast, mm-hmm. dude. I well, loved talking to you. Well, yeah, well, thanks for having me. It was really great. Uh, maybe we'll talk about stuff after, uh, cyberpunk comes out. Oh uh, yeah. I love your choices. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the we'll next time like... I get burned, I'll let you know. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do like an addendum to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. The where are they now? Yeah. <laughs> hey, everybody. Thank you so much for watching episode five. Me and Logan, I think, had a great conversation about what it might take to be a game developer. Neither of us really has firsthand experience there, but definitely a challenge to produce and develop games. And there's a for sure kind of gray area in how to make a good game. So thank you so much for watching. I hope you enjoyed it. Leave a comment on what you felt, what you thought. And like I've said in past episodes, if there's questions you want me to ask, feel free. Leave a comment. Uh, and I'd love to add that into future videos. I want some dialogue between me and the listeners. And uh, if you've got a question, why not post it for me? And I'll uh, be sure to give credit where credit's due. All right. Thanks again. And we'll see you in the next episode.